Welcome to the D.A.R.E. podcast, where it is all about helping people overcome anxiety and panic attacks. The D.A.R.E. app has over 1 million downloads and is free to download at dareresponse.com. Now, without further ado, here is the D.A.R.E. podcast. Um, hi, I'm from India. My concern is that I have fear of fainting. Uh, and I'm unable to go out because of this. I have my own transcription work. And basically, it is, what is WFH? WFH? Yeah. Okay. Even going to the washroom, I'm scared of it and come fast out of it. I don't know how to express this feeling. Oh, work from home. Oh, everybody else. Oh, work from, work, from home. Home. work from home. Ah, <laughs> yes. the new COVID Thank acronym. I guess everybody's <laughs> WFH now. <laughs> I don't know how to express this feeling, but my question in short is, um, I am not going out and doctor had given me this and this medication but I have avoided it, but my condition has not improved. It's been one year now. Should I take take it for going out? I want to apply their response, but I'm very fearful. Please guide, thanks. Um, so Abby, we will not discuss medication uh, on this chat or anywhere else in the Facebook groups, but if your doctor has prescribed any medication, um, then you can trust him to take that. that we would please ask you to, to direct any questions about medication with your doctor. But, you know, Abby, it's the same answer we will give you that we have given to all of these other questions, right? Faint fear of fainting. So how are you treating that fear of fainting as danger? And this is why you're avoiding it. You say you are going into the bathroom and you're really coming out of it fast to avoid this from happening. So one interesting thing about fainting is, you know, with anxiety, blood pressure rises. It doesn't drop, right? And fainting for fainting to be possible, you, your blood pressure must drop. So the likelihood of you fainting out because of anxiety is, is really, really small. Um, but that just as a side note, you have to stop engaging in those safety and avoidance behaviors. So you can start by going to the bathroom and just taking it easy there, like wash your hands really slowly, get comfortable with the discomfort that you feel in the bathroom. And you can also play this out. So if you faint, now what? You will be unconscious for a few seconds and then you will be back again. So nothing will happen, but you're, you're, you're trying to control that from not happening is really what is making things worse. Yeah. And, and like, pay attention. You're looking even three seconds into the future. There's a big difference between I feel lightheaded right now and I feel like I'm about to pass out. Stick with, like what's happening now. Stick with this one. I feel dizzy right now. Okay. Cause if I feel like I'm about to pass out, you've now created and imagine you still have the present discomfort and you're hooking it to some worst case scenario, right? That's not happening right now. Right. So here comes fear without danger, but we're imagining it. So what happens is, okay. So if I, I feel like I'm about to pass out, what we do is don't pass out. Don't pass out. Go back home. Run out of the bathroom because, you know, anybody who's ever actually passed out says, oh, if I run faster, I'll run away from passing out. Like, we know that's not accurate, but we're running from how we feel, right? We're scared. So we feel like we can do something to prevent this thing from happening, right? So if you're doing all these things and then you don't pass out, right? Your alarm, the message you sent your alarm was, oh my God, we did it. 
We kept her alive. We kept her from passing out. She fought through discomfort. Pass out didn't happen. So next time she gets lightheaded, we're going to clearly show her lightheaded because every time we show her lightheaded, she runs home. So it's this idea of be here. Your body is here and your brain's going off to there. Classic, classic out of the book, what we talk about all the time. What if I go crazy? What if somebody just posted, I fall out of the plane? What if I throw up? What if, what if it feels like it's gonna, right? If you guys are saying feels like it's gonna grab that, notice that because feels like happens here, right? It's gonna is you thinking, you imagining something that could happen. Come back to here. I feel lightheaded right now, right? And let's see is a good word. I love using that term. I use it all the time. It's your alarm's going, oh my God, we're going to pass out. Oh, are, where are we passing out right now? Or do, it, does it, do I feel lightheaded? Okay, let's see. Let's give it. That's where you use the 21 second countdown, right? If anybody has had panic away or, and it's in the app somewhere. Um, all right, let's see. I'm ready for something to happen. Let's see if it happens. And if this thing is not showing up in 20 seconds, 21 seconds, all right, I guess we'll stay in the bathroom. And it's, again, it's how I treat that feeling. Cause somebody else might come right up next to you when washing their hands in the sink. And they're like, Ooh, I feel kind of lightheaded right now. And their response is, mm, mm, maybe right? I should drink a glass of water, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think this t- what you just explained, Michelle, ties in beautifully to Michelle's question, how to apply dare to fear of going crazy, losing control physically, how to apply, apply dare when driving alone, being far away from home due to fear of going crazy. You see, this is just you can exchange fear of palpitations, fear of DPDR, fear of going crazy. It's all the same thing. It's just a different shape or form. I, I always tell my clients, imagine a tree. There's a tree trunk, then you have the branches and you have the leaves. All the sensations, going crazy, fainting, dizziness, vomiting, DPDR, anxious thoughts, whatever it is, it's just the leaves, right? But the trunk is, I fear them and I fight them and I try to prevent that from happening and this is why I stay stuck. Have you gone crazy so far? No. Have you been worried about going crazy so far? Yes, all the time. Did it happen? No. Did you stay stuck because you were worrying or trying to prevent it from happening? Yes, right? It's the same approach to, to everything else. It's normal that your, your anxious mind will, will think, oh my God, what if we go crazy? Because they, you have so much stress hormones in your system and there's no context for your anxiety. If there were danger that you can see, you wouldn't think about going crazy. But because your alarm is ringing and your stress response is active without any context, it turns inwards like, okay, if there is no danger on the outside, maybe you are the danger. Oh, and mm-hmm. it's also two things, either fear of physical death. What if I have a heart attack? What if I have a stroke? What if I stop breathing? Or it's fear of mental death. What if I go crazy? What if I do this? What if I hurt somebody and I get locked up and so on and so forth. But ultimately, it's always the fear of death. Right? So remind yourself whenever you feel that feeling, oh, what if you go crazy? Try to respond to it with humor right? and say, oh, that would be fantastic. At least I wouldn't have to worry about this anymore. Right? Oh, what if you get locked up in a psychic ward? Oh, awesome. We're going to have so much fun with all the space of people out there. Right? That's great. We wouldn't even need drugs or alcohol. We would have fun all the time. 
And I know, you know, it's hard to respond like that, but it really helps you to look at it rationally and to say, okay, there is fear. There is no context. My brain is asking me, is it maybe you who is the danger? It's a question, right? It's not, you are crazy. It's a question. Could it be you? And you can respond to that by, oh, no, that's not me. That's just my anxiety talking, something like that. Right. Fear shows up because you're acting like danger is just about to happen. There's a big difference between like, these are all my little characters I'm going to be making. We like, we have just in time, right? Justin, just in time and just in case, right? We are all the just in case people, right? So it's other people out there apparently do things like just in time, right? But we're always, we pack that extra pair of underwear just in case, because we're always looking into the future and what could be and what could happen. And it usually serves us well for a lot of things in life. Cause sometimes we do need that extra pair of underwear, right? But there's a big difference between like planning for just in case and acting as if just about to, that's where we get stuck. If you're spending your life acting as if you're just about to go crazy, it's this, it's not crazy. You think people only go crazy because they went 20 miles away from their home? Oh, this is where I go crazy. No, you're just more scared, right? You're feeling more fear because you're hanging on a little bit further because you're treating further from home as danger. You're treating ideas of crazy as crazy. It's always, always this, this in all different forms. We do it in all different ways, but it's like, yeah, I may or may not go crazy at exit 20. Let's see. Let's see. Really, I may or may not have an orgasm. I may or may not be hungry. I don't know. They're all potential ideas of things. And my alarm is shining a light on them. None of which need to be fought. They are ideas. And I've seen it happen live on calls. Talk to somebody about intrusive thoughts. What if I hurt somebody? What if I hurt my kids? And their child runs in the background behind them and they trip. And immediately as they're telling me about what if I hurt somebody, their child falls and I go, watch out. And they, their body automatically jumps to catch them because they tripped. He said, see, you see, when you get out of your own way, you're, re- you're a mom. Your reaction was as danger was happening, you were showing up just in time. That's how our bodies work when it's in sync. We are out of sync now. Fear is ringing without danger. And it's just frantically finding things to show you. Well, is this crazy? I don't know. Is this crazy? What about this thought? What about this? And if you're like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Like this, please guys, it's this, not the thought, not what about the car or the train? Well, how do I do this on a skateboard? It's how I'm acting on a skateboard. And it usually has nothing to do with the place. Because nobody really would care about those places if you felt good at those places, right? So it's how I feel when I'm on the train, how I feel when I have those thoughts, how I feel when I'm thinking about something. Somebody posted up here, um, do we have other groups or where to go? Something else, phone calls outside of these webinars. So yeah, you guys, so I guess it's a good time to recap it. Um, So these are for the app members, premium app members, this webinar. So we host it once a month. Um, As the months go on, we're going to look to maybe bring in some guest speakers in on the call. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, we also added um, masterclasses. Yep. 
So Rick Hansen, he's our, this is our first masterclass. So each month there's going to be a new masterclass. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to say that's also, um, make sure you have the updated version of the app. I want to check and make sure you have the updated version or it might not be appearing. Um, so we have this once a month and we both do offer one-to-one um, coaching. And we also have um, what's called Dare Advanced, which we love. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like a little family. Yeah, um, wonderful. So instead of $10 a month that you guys are paying for the app, it's $25 a month and it includes the app and this Q&A and everything else you already have. But you also have access to join live on three Zoom calls a month. Um, we offer five. Um, you could pick three to, to join in live. Um, I run two. Aida runs two and Barry runs one of them. And they're all recorded. Um, they're all recorded just for people for Dare Advance. And you can go back in the members area and scroll back for like months and get tons of information. We have a private Facebook page just for that. Um, it's nice. It's like a, a little family. It's really great. And the advice, like you notice when you're on the Dare 101 page or the app subscribers page or the Dare Advance page, because the people on Dare Advance, they're already, you know, they're so good with Dare. They have so much experience there and they really help and support each other in a wonderful way. And you can go back and listen to all the group coachings we have done so far. There are different topics that we cover. We have recently started Dare Wellness Coach Coaching which it focuses more on nutrition and exercise and other wellness routines. Um, but the group getting in touch with those people, hearing other people's stories, what they're going through, how they overcame things is really very, very valuable. And I, I don't think people who once came to Dear Advance always come back to Dear Advance, right? It's really such a lovely, lovely um, supportive family. We highly, highly. Yeah. Um, and we focus there more on implementation. Again, like you don't need to sign up for everything we have. Once you get how it works, then it's taking what you've learned and using it, teaching it like to your body. And we, that's really like the essence of what we're doing. And again, it's working in and somebody posted, I just want to read this real quick. I know we're a little bit over time, but, um, Joanne, you sent this in. Um, can you explain this from another program that you support quote, breathing techniques, meditations, and anything you do to find a quick relief is a big no-no. When you try to make anxiety go away, you subconsciously label it as danger and danger is a reason for anxiety to stay. I understand the danger piece, but are they saying that meditation and calming technique and exposure is not a correct approach? Um, Again, we talk about that like all the time on Dare Advance, like go do exposure therapy, but how are you going out? Like that thing I posted before. Yeah. What's your, what's your actions, but also what's your attitude? What's your intent? How, how did you talk about that? What happened? Like if you're trying to calm down, you're treating how you're feeling as danger. Again, the opposite of anxiety is not calm. The opposite of anxiety is trust. So we have lots of breathing and we have a whole bunch of meditations every day. We have one after the daily dare meditation is learning how to be still and notice thoughts, notice your feelings. And then I'm coming back here because I'm choosing where I shine my light, where my focus is not to desperately get rid of this. So it's weird. Again, calming down is a byproduct. Like I do was saying, it's a consequence. It happens by accident. You like your lungs calm down when you stop running, right? You stop running first. And then your, your, you know, your body calms itself down. So that's that it, Yes, that is absolutely. Those might even be my words. I'm not even sure, but that sounds like something I would say. (laughs) Yes. And think about it this way. 
anxiety always has two two parts. The one is the fear of fear, and the other one is the lifestyle component. You will rarely meet somebody who has an anxiety issue or anxiety disorder that has a super healthy lifestyle. It's just the truth. I know people don't want to hear it, but it's just the truth. And why is that? Because meditation, being in the present, focusing on your values, exercise and nutrition, they all make you more resilient to anxiety, right? So this is 50%. Now, if your lifestyle is unhealthy, you're much more sensible to, to having stupid thoughts, to having fatigue, to having all these sensations that you then start to fear, right? You can have an unhealthy lifestyle, have those sensations, but not fear them. Then you don't have an anxiety issue. But when unhealthy lifestyle and fear of fear come together, there you have it. You have Mm -hmm. high sensitization and you have fear of fear. Then you have a full-blown anxiety issue. And this is why we focus so much and we love meditation. We love all things that help, help you to ground yourself and live a healthy lifestyle. But if you do all of these things in order to get rid of your fear of fear, then it's avoidance behavior, then it's safety behavior, and then it will backfire. So all of these things are wonderful. We love them. We highly encourage you to do them. But your intention must be one of self-care and to live a healthy lifestyle regardless of anxiety and what kind of effect it has on anxiety. I hope that makes sense and clarifies things a little bit. And just to touch on exposure, there is exposure. There is exposure. It's not that, oh, exposure is something totally different than dear. It's not, absolutely. But the only way out is through. This is the phrase that we use so often. And why? Because this is what you have to do. You have to work through your fears. Dear teaches you how to stop avoiding and turning away from anxiety but turning into it and work through it. So that is the the explanation or the logic of exposure is to, to, to face your fears. Right. Exposure means just go do whatever you are going to do. And if you get scared, bring it with you. How do you treat scared where you are? Right. So we tend to treat where we are as danger because we're scared. You have to start treating like where I am as safe. So act as if there is no danger right now. So plan it ahead of time. If you haven't been to that part of town in 10 years, start going to that part of town. Expect to bring scared with you, okay? But how you act when scared comes with you, right? So plan ahead of time, buddy up on the groups, right? Find ways to motivate yourself, especially if it's driving, hook something to the other end of that drive, right? Because most people drive get somewhere. But I have a lot of people that are practicing driving and they're just driving and they're turning around and they're coming back home. Drive somewhere, drive to like the new bakery that opens up, drive and meet a friend out for lunch every Tuesday or something like that, where like the driving is a means to an end where it's like, yeah, my alarm might ring in the car, but that's okay. It's okay to have this feeling while I'm driving here. I can feel scared here. My job is to act as if there's no danger. Michelle, did you read that? Ooh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give, give you a hundred thousand dollars. I got offered half a million dollars last week, so you're gonna have to. Uh, that <laughs> okay, guys, we have a few more questions, but just some real quick answer. What is the best way to tackle health anxiety? I think we've touched on that at the beginning of this call. Um, how would you advise conquering a fear of driving on motorways when it feels so unsafe to be anxious on these fast roads? I think we've covered that too. Mm-hmm. When do you know that 
When do you know when is the right time to start to challenge yourself in facing anxiety and not be afraid of the what is right now? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, any advice on not getting angry at my symptoms of chronic fatigue from being anxious all the time? I'm not really worried about the sensations anymore, just more aggravated that they still pop up every day. Thanks. Well, Eric, you can be frustrated as much as you want. It's not going to help you. It's a little bit of tough love here. You can have the frustration, totally fine with that. But then what are you actually doing to help yourself? Right? Are you engaging in some form of self-care? Are you doing, are you taking control of the parts in your life that you can take control of? If the answer is no, go do that. If the answer is yes, go into acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because then there's nothing that you can do about it. But I bet that there are still some things that you can improve on. And you will notice that when you start to really take care of yourself, even in subtle ways, your relationship with yourself changes. You build loyal, your loyalty, you build respect, you build a subtle art of, of self-love. It may be you know, very subtle in the beginning, but it builds up. And the more you focus on something else, on the things that you can do, the less you have time to focus on the things that bother you. I know very woo-woo advice, but it's just, it's just the truth and it, it works. Okay. How do you run toward suicidal thoughts? Not the actual action of it, but the thought of giving up the sensations are too much finding peace. Well, you don't, Lisa. You don't have to run towards your suicidal thoughts. It's, it's another intrusive thought. I notice and nod and move on. And last one for you, Michelle. I'm struggling with being home alone. Dear, dear, thread was hard. Would be nice to have some ideas of how to get through this. Yeah. You have me at struggle, right? If any, I'm struggling with and all the rest of it, honestly, is because I'm struggling with. That means home, like being home alone is where to go, wherever that picture is, the habit loop, right? Is the cue home alone. And I'm struggling with being home alone. So how am I treating being home alone? I'm just home alone. And my fear might show up because it thinks I need it. Act as if I don't. Ah, your question again. Okay, good. He's on here. Uh, they're on here. Um, my question. Okay. So your problem is not being home alone. Your problem is the struggle. I have three kids. I would love to be home alone. Right. So it's like how I like, what am I, what's like the story around home alone? What's my perception of it? How am I acting when I'm home alone? Am I waiting like oh, two more hours until I get home? How much more time do we have to dare through this? It's all the stuff. Right. So yeah, I'm home alone. I'm home. It's okay. It's safe to be home alone. I have to act like I'm safe right now. I can be home alone tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Okay. So you're not struggling through being home alone. You're struggling against how you're feeling when you're home alone. So practice being alone, kick everybody out of your house and be home and just be home while you feel scared. Okay. So probably before it was, I'm really scared and I'm doing a lot of things to not be scared, but I'm still scared. Oh my gosh. I've been doing this forever. Right. So it's be home alone, change this part change the behavior part. Okay. And you'll still feel scared. And then this will bring itself back down. Yes. And you know, it's, it's not the being alone at home. That is the problem. It's the association with it. So my bet is that once you didn't feel, or you felt anxious while you were alone at home and there you have it. Now you have created an association. Mm -hmm. 
right? Oh my God, being alone means it's dangerous or really, really uncomfortable. So now every time I'm alone, that feeling will come up. It's almost like if you imagine those associations as clouds, so there is an empty cloud and there you put anxiety in and anxiety at home and anxiety at being at home alone. And there you have it. You have the perfect little network in that cloud. Now, every time you're alone, all of that comes up. Right? And this is not something we need to change. We leave that alone, but we start building new clouds, new associations deliberately. Right? You come home and you notice that first cloud that says, oh, my God, this is going to happen. Look how I feel, blah, 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 blah. But you don't focus on that. Right? You say, yeah, there was a time in my life where this happened and I wasn't comfortable, but now it's now. And now I'm going to make new memories and a new association. So now I'm going to treat myself with something nice here at home alone and learn that this is not only safe, but a place that I can thrive in. Right. Myself. Thanks for showing up alarm. Thanks for showing up, but there's no danger here right now. And I see your, your post in the chat here. Oftentimes what I'll hear is like, gosh, what if something happens physically or I go crazy and there's nobody here to help me. There's nobody here to save me. That's oh. usually where like the alone stuff comes in or, or what if those intrusive thoughts come in and I do something and I don't want to do it. And there's nobody here to keep me safe. That's, that's usually what comes up a lot. Um, but like how you posted here, okay, you got left alone for eight days as an eight-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to remember that. And you're going to, and that was probably scary. And as an eight-year-old, you know, you're like if that, when that doesn't happen, you're used to feeling safe and taken care of. And when you're not, your alarm showed up to do it exactly what it was designed to do. Keep you safe and alive. So you felt scared as you should have, right? For days at a time, not knowing when will this end? Will anybody come home? Expect your alarm to show up. That's who came to take care of you when you were eight. Yeah, the same alarm just coming to take care of you now. Show it that you are safe. Oh, I'm actually safe now. Thanks for coming, right? But we're safe. Look, I can be home alone and you can come and we can be naked. Like we're alone. I can like take my bra off. I can watch whatever I want on TV. I can eat in bed. I can do whatever. Like there's other things I can do other than like home alone reminds me of danger. Again, that ties into the PTSD question. Yeah, there was a time that there was something dangerous, right? Or pseudo dangerous. And I felt scared. And that reminds me of this. But right now it's just grown up me, right? I'm here and I'm safe right now, right? With that memory of the past. So yeah, act and as it. if safety. Yeah, and act. The emphasis is on act. Okay, do it. So don't wait for good things to happen when you're alone at home. Make them happen, right? Go get yourself a good meal or watch your favorite Netflix movie. Uh, take off your bra, as Michelle said. Have fun with yourself. That's really, really helpful. Um, I, I have missed two questions, Michelle, and then we can wrap up, I think. Could you explain planned versus unplanned exposures for panic attacks, fear, fear? What is the best schedule strategies for these planned exposures to feel fear? As much as you can as um, and as much as you can handle. And look at your life at the moment. If it's, everything is super stressful, your kids are going crazy, you have a heavy workload, then maybe it's not the best idea to plan five exposure sessions a week right you want to have you need a little bit of energy you need some somewhat good sleep right in order to do the hard work of deer doing deer is hard it's not easy it takes a lot of your energy and maybe it's also not the best idea doing doing a hardcore exposure after you've been to the gym for two hours right 
So you plan it, you say, there is no certain amount, you know, that we can advise you to do, okay, do three times a week or do five times a week. I think you will figure that out on your own. But the most important thing is that you keep at it and do it regularly. So don't say, oh, this week I'm going to do five times, but then I'm going to pause for three weeks, right? And then jump back in. So try to keep it steady and watch your energy levels, your sleep levels and whatever else is going on in your life. Right. And the more you plan like ways to practice, you'll get better at it. So when something does show up unexpectedly, oh, I've had like a few days of practicing, like allowing this to come. And now it shows up sometimes when people are just sort of walking on eggshells and like, all right, so far, so good. And then it kind of shows up out of the blue and we scramble. Right. But at least this way, you know, you have like, you know, some practice. Okay. Last question. How can I stop focusing on my breathing? I feel like my breathing is not automatic and it's controlled by me. I understand that breathing is always controlled by brain, but the problem that I'm having is that I'm feeling all my breaths during the whole day. All my tests are good. So I totally understand that I'm not in danger, but I can't stop focusing on my breathing. You know, there's so many great words in here. How can I stop focusing on my breathing? You can't. It happens as a byproduct. I feel like my breathing is not automatic. It feels like, but it is not. We need a red pen, you know, a red pen, an English teacher. (laughs) I understand that breathing is always controlled by my brain, meaning you understand it intellectually, but you don't trust it. That's the problem. But the problem that I'm having is that I'm feeling all my breaths during the whole day. So you're noticing them. Why? Because this is a perfect example of introspection. I am afraid that I might stop breathing, although I know with my rational mind, this is not possible, but it could happen. Right? What if but I have, to, I have to keep track on that. And this is why I'm constantly consumed by, by focusing on my breathing. But at the same time, I don't want that and it's annoying and it's bothering me, but I can't stop it because if I were to stop, then I might die because I might stop breathing. Right. Or what if I can't stop noticing my breathing forever? That's another fun one we like to throw in there, like noticing my breathing and I don't even care about the breathing, but what if I'm noticing my breathing forever? Then we just find more shit to fight. Say, all right, well, then I'll notice my breathing forever and I can notice I'm breathing while I'm mowing the lawn and I'm not just mowing the lawn. I hear like what, what the motor sounds like at the lawnmower and I, I could smell the cut grass. And the more you involve yourself, you are very involved here where you were not meant to live. You were meant to live here. So start living here. Bring this stuff with you. Again, it's kind of like peeking backstage behind the curtain, but you're like still putting on a show up here. You want to say, oh yeah, yeah. Breathing. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I can notice my breathing. Oh, but look at all those kids at the park. You will accidentally stop noticing your breathing when you stop trying to not notice your breathing. It's really weird, but that's how it works. You become back in sync, right? Where this stuff works in the background and you're focused here, not by trying to do breathing exercises, right? Not by every time I notice it, I have to actively do a whole bunch of stuff. It's, I really have to get back to just engage. Remember, diffuse the lateral towards Oh, well, I should do something about what? Oh, I'm breathing. Yeah, I did notice my breathing. All right, what else do I notice? I notice like I have a cramp in my foot and I notice my hair is a little messed up. And yeah, I noticed my breathing and I notice I just swallowed. Okay, yep. Again, notice without the doing. Be an observer. Go right ahead. That's never been the problem. It's That's like, wonderful. say that again. Notice without the doing. 
right? Notice without the doing. That is, that's really it. Notice without the doing. And it's a matter of where your focus is. Did you guys know that you can make a person feel derealized or depersonalized who doesn't have any anxiety issue at all? Place them in front of the mirror, mirror and ask them for three minutes straight that they should look at themselves really closely or, or, or other exercise. You know what? Think about your breathing and lungs and blood vessels and how does that really work? Mm -hmm. If you yeah. do that deliberately for three minutes, you will cause DPDR. I used to do that as a kid. I use, I, see, I've experienced yeah. it, but I never had anxiety hooked to it. So right. I would stare at my nose in the mirror and I would wait for my face to start moving around. So weird. But like, and then you start feeling like, is that my face? Is that, is that, I know it's me. Like suddenly everything's in heavy quotations, right? That looks like me and my face, but is that like me, me? And it's like, things feel weird and we can go find stuff in our body that feel weird. But again, it's, it's not the weird stuff that we find. It's, it's like our heightened awareness and then how we treat what it is that we're aware about. Okay. So change the treating first. Okay. And then the awareness will still be there. And then the awareness will start to fade. Okay. So it, it, it kind of works like that. Fear kind of starts to fade first. The awareness stays up. And then that, because it's never a problem. But again, if you're not so busy staring at something, it, like this is going to fade the more you spend more time here. All that you want, all your goals come as a consequence none of those things happen because you're directly approaching something what you are doing is letting go of the fight letting go of the control letting go of the rumination this is where your work is and when you manage to do that this is when all the things that you want will calm down good well i hope we answered everybody's questions i it looks like some people yeah. found it helpful i hope you guys found it helpful um Post on the Facebook page, um, send in some daily dare scripts. We're going to have a, a, a part in the app soon where you can do it directly on the app. But right now you can send it to success at dareresponse.com. If you um, have some ideas you want to submit, if you want your name attached to it, Barry can record it and um, you can be published on our app, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, and we'll see you guys on the next call. Thank you so much for attending, for all your questions and see you next month. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, Michelle. Thank you for listening to the Dare Podcast. The Dare app has over 1 million downloads and is helping people all around the world to overcome anxiety and panic attacks. You can download the app for free at dareresponse.com.